Hello and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I am very glad that you're joining us again today. As you have probably noticed, those of you who listen regularly, and uh, that is a growing pool of people, if we can refer to people as pools, then uh, I want to just say that you have noticed there has been a flurry a veritable whirlwind of activity here at A Better World lately. We have, and it's not quite over. I don't know if it will ever end, to tell you the truth. But I do want to just say I am so grateful that there are people uh, really all over the world that are tuning in and listening to uh, these words here uh, shared and broadcast at A Better World. And we've had a number of really interesting people with whom to chat. And I've been doing so, as you've noticed. And more to come. And we've got people listening, of course, all over the United States and Canada and Australia and uh, South Africa and India. Mother India and uh, Mexico and God, it's just wonderful. United Kingdom. Is it a United Kingdom? It looks like it's fracturing a little bit. <laughs> oh, God. But you know what? Where is it not fracturing? Where? And if it's not from social, political issues, geopolitical issues, it's the earth herself is splintering and fracturing. So, whoo, is that the power of our mind? What is it? We'll talk about that today. But I want to just say that uh, last night in the Big Apple, we had a glorious, glorious event with Julia Mossbridge, neuroscientist, who has been on a couple of times on the air with me. And yesterday we did a, uh, a community television interview as well for A Better World TV. And that will be posted on YouTube as well. So y'all will be able to tune in and watch if you'd like. Uh, So last night was at the Ascension Church, uh, Father Ed Chinnery, a lovely gentleman who is a father, uh, as in priest, Episcopalian, and uh, social activist, and uh, has a film series at the church every Tuesday evening, I believe it is, where he shows these potent uh, films on social justice. So anyone who is in the New York area, it's all for free. You're welcome to come. And last night, uh, due to his kindness, we had our event there. I did a public conversation and interview with Julia Mossbridge, the author of The Premonition Code. And we looked at precognition. We looked at intuition. We looked at projecting consciousness into the future, into a future self, um, into a possible future of events occurring that uh, um, we can get a taste of. And, well, how in the world does that happen? Well, it's because time isn't just one way. It's a two-way street appear that way, well, everything is its appearance, my friends, as I think we've all noticed. Uh, In fact, time also, according to the mathematics in physics, goes two ways. It's just hard for our minds. 
our conditioned program minds to imagine it going backwards, uh, in a sense, pulling from the future, if you will. But it's um, perhaps more like a large landscape, uh, 360 in its dimension, maybe spherical, circular, than it is a line. So with that kind of imagery, it may be easier to uh, grasp or uh, at least uh, sense into. So that was last night, and we had a very special time. And the night before that, we had a book signing at my dear friend Rakesh's uh, Om Shanti bookstore here at 230 East 14th Street, just down the road a piece from A Better World. And uh, this past weekend, we had a dynamic and robust New Life Expo with Mark Becker, who I've been working with and collaborating with there for Decades, literally decades. So I gave a, a talk Sunday at noon at the Skytop Lounge on internal and external inner and outer ecology. Um, and uh, I dare say it went beautifully. I was referencing uh, my mentor, Paul Hawken, routinely through it and uh, bringing up a subject that is so dear to all of our hearts of drawdown, the most comprehensive plan ever to reverse. And I reiterate the word reverse, global, global warming, because it is true. And it takes work a lot and quickly and systemically and locally. And I'll get back to that in a moment. And then at three o'clock, we had a wonderful, um, a wonderful nutrition panel with uh, my dear friend Cat James, and who's been on the air here a couple of times, who speaks about the uh, little-known, little-discussed hormone of leptin, not lecithin, and not Dr. Gundry's reference to lectin but leptin, and that is a hormone that sort of acts like uh, insulin. It only kind of peeps out at certain times in a, in a low-carb atmosphere environment, um, low sugar, no sugar, low-carb, no-carb. Uh, but when it does come through, there is a fat-burning mechanism that kicks in and so to burn instead of sugar burning, and one's physiology changes. It, it really is a keto-style um, dietary regimen, but it has the goal of activating leptin, uh, which is, it's in a sense, more severe, austere than the keto diet, and interestingly, both seem to work, as does the microbiome diet, which, of course, I've spoken about with uh, Dr. Raphael Kelman here on these very airwaves as well. So that was what was going on there, and we had a new player panelist, David Sandoval, the founder and CEO of Purium which you've heard me talk about here on these airwaves as well. And I would direct you to my website 
abetterworld.tv, and in the lower, uh, I'm sorry, the right-hand column, there is a $50 coupon, which if you click on it and use the code a better world, and you place an order for $75 or more, you will get $50 off that order. And you will be very glad you did because the stuff is potent and extremely green, chlorophyll rich, truly organic, not just in name, but in actuality. And he spoke on my show just last week, David Sandoval did, about the biomedic which is an extraordinary product. And if you took nothing else but that, it is worth it. Because as he said, and I've said before on these airwaves, that it removes glyphosate, which is in Roundup, which is made by Monsanto, and by 74% in six weeks. There's just nothing else that does it. Just nothing else. And it it also reduces C-reactive protein, which, as he told us, is a marker for cardiac problems, i.e. heart attacks or strokes, I believe. Um, and it reduces that by 75%. So, hello, do we have a winner here or what? Well, the answer is we have a winner. <laughs> and uh, So, avail yourself of the $50 discount, the $50 benefit, and there's a whole uh, business opportunity there too, so anyone who really wants to put themselves to it can work uh, in team with A Better World, and we have a wonderful group here in New York and across the country, actually. It's a large team that are that is doing what it can to improve the health and improve the lives of many. And that's what we're up to now, folks. That's what we need to do. And so the subject of today's show of mind over matter, well, making good choices with the mind is having a mindful headset, can I say that, which governs choices, dietary and others that we make. Uh, And that is literally one example of mind over matter. We tend to think of mind over matter as, uh, you know, um, I am now going to move this pen from the left of side of my desk to the right. Indeed, <clears throat> I'm making an effort as such to do so. And yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, what we call psychokinesis or telekinesis, and it's certainly one form of uh, mind over matter. But in the more practical and perhaps even useful sense, in most instances, um, being able to be author of one's own activities and healthful, smart choice activities, um, that is a great, great use of mind over matter. And yes, it has to do with the activation of the will. Yes, it has to do with oftentimes a good sense of developed sense of discipline and uh, being robust in one's choices. So I'm suggesting, folks, that not only do we engage in those practices, 
But one of the practices is also this idea of imaging or imagining or envisioning the world we most want in a very concrete, very practical, visual way that we really kind of see what it is we want and we act in the direction of creating what we want and we embody what it is we want. And in that way, we are really materializing what we want. We're going from ideation through imagination to actualization. Wow, that sounds pretty good. Yes. Ideation through imagination to actualization, which means a form of materialization. Yeah. And, well, why is this so important? Well, do I really need to explain? We have a world that is steeped in confusion. Some would say illusion, and others would say delusion, and probably everyone is right to one extent or another. So uh, we can only bring forth our own overall sensibility, our own cognition, if you will, our own perspective and picturing of, well, what it is we see and what it is we attract into our consciousness. And from there, we make determinations, judgments, and decisions about uh, about what it is we see. Well, you know, media certainly is a huge influence these days. The internet is a form of media and is influencing. I mean, what shows up in uh, Google News and what shows up in Yahoo News and what shows up in Bing News and what shows up on television, on the regular channels full of commercials, on the cable channels full of commercials, selling us primarily drugs, an occasional car, but lots of drugs and beauty products. And, well, you know, there's a whole consumerist profile that our televisions are seeking to feed us literally constantly. It's just awesome in comparison to the kind of world, and this is where I'm going with this, the kind of world we could have where we are nourishing each other's hearts and souls. We are uplifting and advertising what it's like to be kind and gentle and loving and playful with each other and charitable with each other. Can you imagine if you turned on the tube and those were the types of commercials? Well, yeah, there are some of those, like the St. Jude's Hospital, as an example, you know, in all fairness, um, is a pretty potent example, and they're asking for money to help uh, provide for these children who... uh, are born with different types of often birth defects, and uh, they need help. They need funding. And uh, the fact is there are a lot of people who really do fund it, and it's beautiful to see. I've got to say, the commercials are a little daunting at moments, and they go on for quite a while, but they also convey a sense of heart and a sense of compassion gets awakened inside the viewer and if you put aside the other kind of consumerist aspects of the whole thing and uh, all that you 
actually are getting a, a pretty beautiful message, and there are a lot of people who respond. That kind of thing, I mean, we don't want to be being asked for money all the time, certainly, but that's not really the point. Sometimes it's just very appropriate for that to happen because in this case, we don't have a government that really likes to spend money on its people that keep its coffers full here in the United States. They prefer to take that money and spend 60 cents of every collected dollar on military, basically on a war machine. And it's nauseating and it's sickening and a lot of the other 40 cents is actually going per dollar is going to different wasteful, ridiculous what are called pork belly activities that greedy, self-interested Congress men and women and uh, senators are in different ways, indirectly and sometimes rather directly, lining their own pockets uh, with either things, money, or votes. And it all sort of tallies up, if you will, to creating an incredibly unjust, inhumane, unethical, and shall I say, just simply corrupt system that's just based on money and power. That's what it ultimately comes to. And it's uh, profoundly sad. So a world that we would imagine, I know for sure, wouldn't have those values at the highest. Just wouldn't. Not at the top of the list. Just wouldn't. And if they were there, it is only to wrestle down a system that is hierarchical, that is largely patriotic, uh, patriotic, <laughs> it's largely patriarchal, and, you know, it's the uh, kind of the old white man syndrome, if you will, the old Anglo syndrome, and, uh, you know, God knows there's nothing wrong with white men as such, it's only those, uh, small group of dinosaur-like ones that tend to have a tremendous amount of material terrestrial power. Not in the true sense of power, because people with a true sense of power, i.e. inner power, don't have to flap their mouths like that and control others with a strong fist and an iron hand. They just don't have to do it. That gentle power that we cultivate through practices like Tai Chi Chuan, it's an entirely different type of power. Um, you could call it more of a feminine power in a sense. It's the cultivation of the life force itself. And uh, man, you can't get more powerful than that because that has to do with our health, our fitness, our longevity, our intelligences, uh, emotional, intellectual, physical, spiritual, and it has to do with um, maybe even uh, immortality. That's what we like to talk about in our Taoist communities, our Taoist families. We love that subject of immortality. Well, as Woody Allen said, I don't want to have immortality through my art. I want to have immortality through not dying. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you, Woody Allen. Anyway, coming back around, there is such power of the mind. It's basically incalculable. And we do not even know how to control the variables to do a proper scientific experiment of 
how powerful it is. So we do know there are such things as placebos and nocebos, and that gives us a beginning taste of the power of the mind, that it can take a sugar pill or the like, and if we are told it has the power of curing Parkinson's or of changing blood sugar or something of that sort, modifying, mediating, we have seen through experiments and controlled studies going back a long time that it works. It has that effect. The work of uh, Dr. Uh, Erickson, of uh, Milton Erickson of uh, hypnotherapeutic fame, his student, Dr. Ernest Rossi, is another who has done so much in that tradition, going back even further, quite honestly, to the work of Dr. Sigmund Freud and Franz Alexander, who wrote uh, Psychosomatic Medicine. This was going on in the teens, the 20s, and the 30s. So we have example after example of example of the power of mind, the power of suggestion, the power of hypnotherapy, of hypnosis as well. Um, and sometimes that can be expressed through the use of a physical item, like a pill that has water in it, or a little salt, or a little sugar, um, and uh, that stuff isn't what does it. It's the belief. Hence, we get the subject of epigenetics. Uh, someone on my panel, Dr. Joel Wallach, very interesting gentleman, um, who's also a veterinarian um, and a naturopath, who's got to be in his mid-80s, has been at this for a long time, and credited uh, Bruce Lipton, properly so, with being the father of epigenetics. And he would also be considered, I guess he referred to it as the second father of epigenetics, which is the study of the effect of thoughts, feelings, and belief systems, yes, belief systems, on the cell, on the life of the cell. And, of course, if it's acting on one cell, it can then act on many cells. And if it's acting on many cells, it can be acting on tissue, entire, like, regions of tissue. And if it can act on regions of tissue, it can act on organs. And if it's acting on organs, it can work on the skeleton, and you're getting the picture. So with that said, we're circling back, if you will, to the subject uh, originally purported here, of mind over matter and imaging or imagining or envisioning the world we most want. And we are truly being called to do this. Just this past week was one of the most tragic events that happened of a synagogue in Pittsburgh being stormed by a madman and opening fire killing 11 people who were in their synagogue, in their service, worshiping God. At the same time, there were two black people in Kentucky at a uh, some kind of little, you know, store who were also gunned down. And before that, some madman 
in Florida sent out packages containing pipe bombs that had substances in them that were truly volatile and explosive. And thankfully, that didn't happen. None went off for any number of different reasons. But these were direct threats. And this is the kind of madness that is going on. I do think it behooves us to seek to understand what causes uh, people to think these ways and to act these ways. I, I very much believe that it is a very worthwhile endeavor and project to come to an understanding. Because in our effort to understand, we are actually putting ourselves into their shoes for a bit of time. And we are able to, in a sense, experience the world from their view, an empathetic, empathic relationship. And it's not that we want to be in those shoes for very long. We actually don't. But we'd like to be there long enough to seek to understand their, I'll put it this way, because this is, of course, all my opinion, and you know that, uh, understand how they got to be making the choices that they're making. How were they hurt as children? How did they even come out of the womb down to the canal? What happened then? What were their parents thinking and saying and feeling when they were first conceived? It's the prenatal psychological perspective. And all of it, I'm suggesting, all of it, is pertinent. Now, it even can be that a really easy birth happened, that even a child is born into a very loving family. How do we measure these things? Well, you know, one of the things that Julia Mossbridge has endeavored upon is measuring the effect of, of unconditional love. And that's a very, very interesting subject. And we will have her back on to talk about that um, even separate altogether from the idea of precognition. So this is, a, you know, if you think of love, in a sense, as an energy field, you know, that embraces, envelops, surrounds, um, kisses, <laughs> creates affinity, resonance with and around someone, and that is an extremely healing, i.e. making whole energy that would support greater cellular respiration, lung respiration, skin respiration, uh, healthy heartbeat, coherent heart, coherent mind. This is all my imagining, okay? Uh, healthier cellular elimination and nourishment. So the physical element of our mind uh, is, it's a good foundation, let me put it that way. And if that's the case, and there is an education in the family about how to treat others, how to regard others, how to be respectful, how to be kind, how to be gentlemanly or gentlewomanly, as the case may be, how to be courteous, how to treat others well, responsibly, consistently, 
virtuously, wow, this sounds like a great upbringing. And the same is reflected in school, et cetera, et cetera. Even with all of that, someone can interpret reality that people are against him or her. Even with all of that said, crazy as it may sound, someone can still. Now, there's some rationale and rationalization in there, probably some denial in there. There could be some stuff from another life, who knows, or someone whispered something into the child's ear, or he or she had a dream that was particularly nightmarish, and they never got through that, and it was so, let's say, intimidating or scary or threatening that the child, say, infant or adolescent, never managed to reckon because they were even traumatized by a dream. This can happen. This can happen. It's not happening during the conscious state. It's not uh, something that a, a teacher or a mother or a father or a sibling or a friend or an enemy, you know, f- a foe in the in the playground said, you know, a bully. It, not even any of that. It could actually be arising from a deep welling up from the unconscious in the form of a dream, and that could become traumatic. So. The number of variables are truly endless, and it's really hard to control for these things. But we do what we can, and we make uh, sensible inferences, i.e., be as loving, feed your child well, let him or her rest well, educate as I was just describing, um, you know, um, be surrounded by laughter and humor and play and joy and good works, so to speak, in an infant and then a young person's life, and you are increasing the odds, I will put it this way, you're increasing the odds, you're not controlling the odds, you'll never control the odds, but you're increasing the odds of success, of having a person who has a positive self-regard, as we say in the world of psychology, a positive self-image, a good sense of self-esteem and self-confidence. No, we can't even see these things. These are concepts. They exist purely in the conceptual realm, but they still have an effect on our consciousness. They have an effect on our bodies. So we may as well use these notions that are in full circulation in our society um, for the good. It doesn't cost us anything, and it may cost us not to. So, smart choice. By doing these things, we are increasing the odds of having a society that is healthy, that is nonviolent, that is friendly, that is compassionate, that is seeking to support the health and well-being of others. And, wow, still going to be stress. Not getting away from stress. And we don't want to get away from stress. Stress is a fun thing. I mean, when you go to, say, work out, you are literally, deliberately putting stress on your body. When you go to play a sport, when you go to learn piano, when you do anything, you are exerting. And one is exerting over various forces, inertia, gravity, right, one's own mind, um, potential, you know, mental inertia, laziness stubbornness, self-doubt. So 
any effort made to overcome any of these is an effort made well with results. There are results for every single effort made in that direction to be disciplined, to be go beyond one's, let's say, uh, more lax tendencies. One is building strength. One's putting another penny in the bank. And this is good. It is hereby declared as good. So are these the way we can improve our society? And I'd like to also add, if I may, that improving it rather quickly is a very good idea because the unconsciousness, the greed, the fear-based society, the traumatized society has created an atmosphere that breeds more of the same. Fear begets fear. Greed begets greed. And I have said many, many times that greed is a result of fear. Excess acquisitiveness is a result of a reptilian style, fear-based thought process that is rampant in our society. In the United States, we have a president that that feeds on this. He fuels his base, as the phrase goes, with fear. Uh, people are invading. Yeah, right, right, right. There's a Honduran family that haven't eaten for days that are invading our country, right? <laughs> no, not exactly. If you really want to trace it back, you'll take a look at the geopolitics and look at what the United States and the CIA has been doing in and to Honduras for decades. Same with Guatemala, same with El Salvador, same with Nicaragua. So you wonder why there are problems? I don't know why. Because the United States government has helped corporations plunder and pillage and rape these countries. And uh, the people, the resources, everything. And then we scratch our heads and say, these people want to come in and invade? No, we've created chaos. The United States has played a principal role in creating chaos in these societies. And they're a bit troubled to start with. So by, by, by supporting dictators and the like in these countries, supporting uh, corporatism over democracy, which happens all the time, you're going to get very wounded, hurt, poor people that are fleeing to save their lives and the lives of their families. And everyone and anyone would do the same. Their lives are endangered by gangs. Their children's lives, their daughters' lives are endangered from being uh, sold into human trafficking circles and brothels and the like, tell me that any self-respecting person wouldn't do everything they can to get their family out of harm's way. You know it, and I know it, and that's what is going on. Are there other people who kind of sneak into it and seek to take advantage of a situation? You betcha, as Sarah Palin would say. You betcha. There's no question about that. There are always a few bad apples in, in every batch so, but if you, again, we're dealing always with probability. But what's a remedy here? Okay, is that so difficult? Um, 
taking the money instead of building a bloody wall. What a ridiculous proposition on every single level. Don't get me started. Uh, But um, to take that money and take other monies that are spent in defense and fighting and start to build schools and help to um, vitalize a a, uh, law enforcement system in these respective countries and build uh, hospitals or at least clinics that are based on holistic health, natural health. These places are just some of the richest places on earth with naturally occurring herbs. Um, And there are traditions of medicine men and medicine women going back for decades and centuries and more. This can be called upon to rebuild these societies, to help the farmers use non-Monsanto based uh, seeds and there are ways of helping them protect themselves and what's a gang member gang member is someone who's kind of lost his own family he's looking for family he's looking to belong he's looking for connection he's looking for a place to call his own and these are basically just disillusioned kids that have been hurt and harmed and wounded in their own lives and given the chance given the chance to do good given the chance to be of service to have a different kind of life they're going to jump at it and we know this because we see it happening in the United States all the time there are some remarkable people who go into um, gang ridden areas in LA in Philadelphia in Chicago, and they do this truly saintly work of talking with these hoodlums, so-called, these tough guys. Someone should talk to this one tough guy in the White House. And uh, he should have been reached earlier, and maybe we wouldn't be in the predicament we're in right now. And they talk to these guys, because there's a heart in there somewhere. There's a beating heart. And it may take a lot of work to get there, but there are different ways of doing it. We have techniques. Some of them are psychological. Some of them are physical. Uh, some of them are exercise-based. But if somebody starts practicing something like Tai Chi Chuan or Qigong um, or yoga, you know what? It's going to change their minds. Their minds become more uh, pliable, resilient, or we say neuroplastic. And magic happens, man. They feel, I mean, what was it, just the other day? Uh, Yes, in a film we went to see called Mantra. So beautiful. These kirtan singers were going into prisons, maximum security. These guys have probably been murdering people and dealing and just some of the worst things known. And what's happening, but through the music, through the rhythm, through the chanting, they start softening up. They start, you can see it in their face, you see it in their eyes. They start to well up with tears. They're feeling something deeper. They're feeling their heart that hasn't been letting itself be known to them for ages. They're always playing, having to be the tough guy and armoring themselves. Here is a chance to unarmor 
and get back into life and get back into being human and everything changes and it's not hard it's amazingly easy if you create the space and open the field for that to happen so when I talk about mind over matter maybe I should talk about music over matter (laughs) that would work too and imagining the world we most want these are some of the component parts of it and I'm going to leave the rest to your imagination because I know you can connect all of these dots that I'm speaking of here and get real creative about different ways to reach others who need to be reached and rather than just saying they're bad people or they're evil or they want what is in my pocket or 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 calm down just get with it they like us are simply a matter of a member of the human race they're part of the species man they're part of our community and if we keep pushing them away and locking them up we're going to create more division and more polarity not less yeah it's hard but you know buddhist psychology teaches us that everyone is really our brother and sister all indigenous teachings teach the same thing all religious teachings teach the same thing all spiritual teachings say the same thing it's not about division and divisiveness it's not about violence and war unless these teachings and scriptures are being misinterpreted or they are talking about the war that takes place inside ourselves our own inner conflict of which there are many so that's why we have to start with what i refer to as inner ecology we have to clean up our own act we have to really look in deep and make peace with ourselves and start loving ourselves really like another step deep another step well i love myself yeah yeah sure we all love ourselves most to some extent but what if we say we need to go deeper we need to scale this inward you know and that is going to shift the frequency the vibration of our own nature and that is going to thereby shift the world itself well i think you got the idea and i would uh, recommend you uh contemplate it and if it doesn't make sense well throw it out but if it does make sense apply it apply it because we need action because our our uh, earth is shifting geologically in ways that are not pretty and it's literally literally threatening not just the human species but so many others in fact a report just came out this past week the world wildlife fund uh, uh, foundation that said that we are uh, 60% extinct with the animals and the creatures and the sentient life that was on our earth just over the last, was it, 100 years? This is devastating. Can you imagine having a child that you want to uh, show him or her an elephant or a giraffe and the only thing you can show them is a photograph or a drawing because they don't exist anymore or even worse the rhino which is close to extinct 
So we really need to swallow this, and we need to get very creative about how we're going to pull ourselves out. Good news, and I'm going to leave you with this. Good news. We actually have technologies that can sequester the carbon and yank it out of the atmosphere. Some of these technologies need some financing. Some of them need just to be properly commercialized. Some of them need to be acknowledged by governments so they can be properly permitted, licensed, and promulgated into, pushed into the world, given uh, you know, environments, regions, states to uh, be utilized. And we have ways of living that do not include increasing our carbon footprint. So in this regard, we've got two main things to do. We have reducing our carbon footprint through our lifestyles and choices and our sequestration of the already existing excess carbon dioxide and methane, and there are about 42 other major gases contributing to global warming. So can we do it, folks? Can we do it? Well, the race is on. For some of us, this race has been on for uh, about 30 years, but others are just kind of getting the uh, drift of it. Guess better late than never, but uh, everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome. So on that note, I'm going to leave you to your own imaging of the world you most want and exercising the uh, ideas in many different ways of mind over matter. And uh, just remember that we are a nonprofit, 501c3. Your donations are so appreciated for keeping us on the air and allowing us to expand our platform because as you hear, these kinds of conversations, or in this case, sort of like a monologue, uh, help to fertilize the minds of others so they can go on and be great in their own, in our own respective domains. And sometimes that remains on a micro level, uh, one's own family, which is beautiful, or uh, it can be on the level of one's block or community, or village, or township, or county, or state, or country, or globe. All of it's good. And we're all here to play different roles. No one does it all. No one. We're all part of a team, my friends. We're all part of a team. And we want to just really manifest as best we can and express our lives to the highest degree that when we pass on, which we will all do, even despite the Taoist ideas of immortality. I'm not supposed to say that. No, I'm kidding. Um, Even despite that, we want to make peace with any idea we have of our creator, even if that's the life force itself, that our gratitude toward that comes through our humbleness in the face of the gift of life and we're going to be asked a question by someone else, like St. Peter, or by ourselves. And what do you do? You were given the gift of life, and what did you do with it? 
Well, time to answer, folks. And the sooner in our lives we begin to ask that question, the more aligned we can be with our sense of higher purpose, or you could call it our soul's purpose, and uh, have a deeply, deliciously meaningful life while being in service, because that's where we get our joy. It just just is. So on that note, remember that we are 501c3. Uh, we appreciate your investment in a better world, because that's what you're helping to create through your gifts to us. They are tax deductible. My number uh, is 212-420-0800 here in the Big Apple, or write to me at mjr at abetterworld.net. That's MJR, my initials, at abetterworld.net if you want to speak about any kind of uh, contributions, and I'll give you the methods by which to do so. Uh, PayPal is a bit pricey, so I actually need to remove that from our website, but it's uh, one of many of the to-do list. And also remember that we offer services of counseling and coaching and biofeedback and stress management. And we have a series of really high-quality products, as I was speaking about before, of the Purium, uh, which removes the, uh, through chlorophyll and through the biomedic, removes toxins from the body, which allow our minds and bodies to work optimally. And we have a series of others, including energy balancing services as well. So for more details, certainly feel free to visit the website, get on our mailing list. We only send out uh, the newsletter pretty much once a week. It's free. You sign up on the website, and we're so glad to have you. And if you want more in-depth services, including uh, corporate consulting, consulting to uh, C-suite CEOs and others, or even letter writing for companies, corporations, and upper management, go to MitchellRaben.com. All of those services are available through us here at A Better World, and I'm so glad you joined me today, and I look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you.